from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another very special edition of the Fight for Good Podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley, and we're coming from you here at our National Headquarters Office of the Salvation Army in Alexandria, Virginia. And today, I am with our staffer, Michelle. Michelle, good to see you. Good to see you. And we are talking a little bit about money today. Also, Elizabeth is here. And are you are you live on the mic? Are you going to jump in and talk about I'm, money? I'm going to talk on the mic. I'm live. I'm in. You're in it. <laughs> I'm not mute. No way. You're in it. So, Michelle, tell us a little bit about this podcast today. Yeah, so for the November issue, um, I interviewed Johnny Parsons. Um, she is a Christian blogger, but she also owns her own marketing agency called Sunday Morning Marketing. And I just realized that, like, some of the topics we had talked about hadn't really kind of dug a little deeper. And I think finances can be really taboo with people, which they shouldn't be. It's not a secret, you know, like how to manage your money. I think it should everyone should know about it, especially the younger generations. Uh, just because it's not something that's really taught in school. Like, my mom taught me how to write a check. My mom taught me about taxes, you know. But some of that, like, people don't always have the best example from that. And Johnny was a great example of that. She even said that her parents weren't the best with money. So she learned everything on her own. And I was like, that's something that maybe should have been taught in, like, finance or accounting, you know. Um, so I wanted to dig a little deeper and talk about something that people are uncomfortable talking about. Well, it's interesting because you were mentioning something that that's not taught in school and even way back when when I went to school um, we didn't they didn't teach us mm -hmm. about money back in the, the 70s you know when I was in high school and um, money is always kind of one of those interesting things for for people uh, I live by a very simple philosophy you don't spend what you don't have and I have an incredible credit record but my wife and I made the pledge many years ago that if we bought something um, if we couldn't pay it off at the end of the month, we would just wait until we could. You know, I want to just ask both of you, do you, do you feel that like millennials kind of have a, a real problem with money just, just because of culture or is it lack of education? Is it lack of discipline or maybe just nobody cares? I don't know if it's, I think it's all of the above. And I think everyone's like situation is different. Um, I think for some people it's, they, they don't have the education. I think some people it's culture. I think some of it just is the values are different nowadays. And I don't even know if it's like a problem. It's just not something that's talked about a lot. And I think it should be, it should be taught, you know, savings, mortgage, mortgage rates, your credit score. I think that should be talked about more. So everyone's aware that these things are important. And once you have that, education on it and you know what's important then you can decide what fits best for your lifestyle i so, think and I think. our readers that are familiar with the war cry if they've been reading the last couple of issues you you also inserted another issue recently on money right um no, kind of um it was actually about travel and it was about how millennials put travel above certain like big purchases that most adults would like houses um even starting a family and i just think from the previous generations 
buying a house, getting married, having a family were some of the most important things. And obviously all of those above are expensive. Weddings, houses, kids, they're all expensive. There's no way around that. But millennials seem to be putting more experience, like life experiences, before they kind of settle down. So traveling, they spend more money on traveling than they do on rent and home anything. Um, They're not having children or getting married as fast because they want to have a good job or they want to travel. Um, it mostly surrounded by travel because that was the topic, but it just kind of shows that their priorities are different as well. Now, how did you how did you find Johnny? I honestly, I just kind of Googled top Christian bloggers yeah. and she was one of the ones that came up and I, I'm a big, you know how you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover? Well, I judge you by your website. So if your website <laughs> is hard to navigate, I just next, I can't even pay attention to it. Johnny's website was very easy to navigate. Her message was clear on her homepage. All her links worked. It was just very easy to get in contact with her. Um, as well as I felt like her, the way she wrote very, spoke very well to our values um, here at the Salvation Army. So you asked her a few questions in regards to her her blogging and, and advice. Mm-hmm. Did, did she say anything in particular that just kind of really at the beginning there resonated with you? You mean like about like her blog? Yeah, or just that something different about it or? Oh yeah, her blog, I started looking through it and some of her articles were, wow, I can't believe she's a Christian and she's talking about this. So. <laughs> while, while, while we're in our, our studio here. Somebody, the November issue The November delivered. issue of the Warcry and Pure. Yeah. Wow. Just. Both appeared under the door. <laughs> like, what is that noise? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was cool. That was kind of cool. Bonus. Anyways. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, so I was really shocked that as a Christian blogger, she was talking about some of these topics, um, dating. Can, can I say sex? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, you know, she's not dating. Um, you know, sex, relationships, uh, friendships, like getting really into it. And I was like blown away by how open she was because my view like on if you are going to have a faith or a religion is you can't judge other people on if they don't agree with you and that has always been my biggest I don't care what you believe in you just don't judge other people that's not that's not fair you know just because they have different beliefs so the fact that she was just so open and honest and that's what I like is she's a real human who went through real life experiences and is where she is today and found God at a very young age and that stuck with her and she's not perfect. And I think a lot of people associate Christianity with being perfect and that's not true at all. I like what you said there. My wife says that a lot in our last appointment, you know, we were, we were constantly faced with all kinds of different lifestyle choices and, and et cetera, et cetera. And she would say over and over, you know, God doesn't isn't asking for my help to to judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not we're not to judge. Right. That's, that's not our job. Our job is to love and and uh, but also I think our job is to especially uh, this may be different for uh, some of our older readers or uh, you know however I think one of our jobs right now is to start to deal with some nitty gritty stuff mm-hmm. and you you you're finding these different. Christians that are dealing with real life issues right. that we feel all of us will struggle with in, in one way or another. Um, and the, the area of money in particular, I think, is is really important because th- there is this idea that we can just, you know, 
universal health care, universal college, just uniform, every, and then just like the money is just going to like appear out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Right. I like something else that you pulled um, that you said in the interview where she talks about online giving and that there's just like now it's very confusing with the online giving because there's so many charities mm-hmm. all over the place using social media to ask and it, it gets to be very confusing. I was really intrigued by the interview that you did with Johnny. And I think in our November issue in the center spread, you were able to pull out a lot of great highlights of things that she said. Also on our, our website, thewarcry.org, the further, uh, not the further, the longer interview is, is listed there. But we're going to listen to her interview now. And is there anything you want to tell our, our listeners before we dive into what Johnny has to say. Um, Get a notepad and pen because you're going to want to take notes. So here's Michelle's interview with Johnny Parsons. So, um, yeah, thanks for talking to us. Um, When I had, like, just kind of Googled, like, you know, top Christian bloggers, like, you were one of the people that came up. And for a November issue, we're kind of talking about how you know, the younger generations, uh, primarily millennials, prioritize their finances because I feel like money can be a very, like, taboo subject that people don't really want to talk about, which we should be able to because, you know, it takes money to make a living. (laughs) Um, Right. And so when I just found you, um, I found it really interesting that you started your own marketing business. Um, I just want to know, like, how did you get into that? Like, what kind of inspired that, that project? Yeah, totally. So my company is called Sunday Morning Marketing, um, and it launched my senior year of college, which was about um, two years ago now. So it was a total God thing because I had no idea what I wanted to do um, when I went to college. Like a lot of people nowadays, they go into college and they major in undecided, and that was me. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that I loved to write. Um, So I winded up majoring in journalism, um, but I felt like I was still stuck in some kind of creative box. I wasn't able to um, be as creative as I wanted to in writing. So I knew I wouldn't be happy or super fulfilled long-term doing it. So long story short, um, I did some kind of summer marketing internship at my college's marketing department. And the director of marketing there just kept telling me that he saw such potential in me to be this really good marketer. So I started applying for other marketing internships. And I actually got an internship with Nike Sports Camp. Um, And that's where I really began to learn, yeah, a lot of my digital strategies, And in order to get the internship, though, I had to – they asked me for a blog link. So I kind of created my blog out of necessity to apply for these marketing internships, which now it's reaching over, you know, thousands and thousands of girls. I have over a million on Pinterest right now. So it's just crazy that it started out of necessity for me to get um, an internship. But anyway, I I got this internship at Nike, and I was just using all these digital strategies and seeing if they would work on my own blog, and they were. And people started asking me – because they saw how fast I was growing on Instagram and Pinterest, they were like, oh, can you do this for me too? And I realized, oh, there's a market for this. Um, And then I just had so many customers that it made sense to make it a business. So, yeah. Wow. Um, When did you start noticing, like, you had this, like, really big following? Like, you know, without giving away your whole technique, like, what were some things that you were doing different from other bloggers at the time? 
Yeah, so I think a lot of it had to do with just the transparency aspect. So I realized that I was kind of the only one or one of few that were talking about really just difficult subjects and not being afraid to, you know, post myself um, with gross skin or, you know, post myself not in the best, you know, outfit and stuff like that and just talk about the current struggles of everyday life. And I feel like that really got um, – a lot of people interested in what I was posting about, and all of, all of my posts are pointing back to Jesus ultimately. Um, so after about a year, I realized, okay, I'm over a million on Pinterest. I'm over 20,000 on um, Facebook, and one post got over 45,000 shares, and then I'm 50,000 on Instagram. So I was like, oh, this is kind of working. Um, so it's, it's been a blast, and I think it all has to really do with just the vulnerability of my posts. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. Um, okay, so to kind of get into, you know, the topic of the month um, is, like I said, money and finances. Right. Um, you know, we do see that, like, the younger generations have a different relationship with money. Um, you know, millennials mm-hmm. aren't really buying houses. They're not having families right away. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure most of them aren't even, like, worried about retirement or 401Ks or even know what that is because it wasn't really taught, you know, in school. Um, and it's right. something they've had to learn on their own. Um, so like what, what was your view of money, um, when you started to transition from like, you know, a young adult to like an adult to having your own business, mm-hmm. um, just what are some like key factors that you think helped you along the way? Yeah. So I actually am super passionate about the subject of finances, which is really funny that this is the issue um, that's <laughs> talking about it. So I actually published a free ebook on my website, johnnynicole.com, and it's all about finances and like growing up and like taking them seriously. And my husband is actually a CPA. So he's given me a lot of advice along the way as well. Um, but I came from parents that were particularly not responsible at all when it came to money. So my family and I suffered a lot growing up just financially. And as a young girl, I just knew that I wanted to have some kind of different life when I grew up. So I remember as a little girl that instead of spending the birthday money that I had gotten, I wanted to just save it all up and be smart. So when I got to college, I, I finally began seeing that money just all add up and Um, I just had such a high when I would check my savings account in college and I would hit a new goal. So I love that. But not everybody had that mindset growing up. I was definitely one of few. Um, So so many of my college friends would just joke about how broke they were. And if um, I could go back and give them some advice about finances, which I would – I would tell them, I think, three things. So I think the first thing that's really important is to just sacrifice those little things and be able to save up for those big things. So basically, for example, I never bought really expensive coffee when I was in college. I would just grab the free coffee in my cafeteria, but all my friends would go get lattes every day. And then so I sacrificed a bit of my time to coupon at CVS for toiletries, so I didn't have this huge bill when it came to that, you know, um, my toilet paper or my – toothpaste and stuff like that. And then instead of going out with friends each weekend, I try to just lay low and do some free fun activities like go to a museum or have a lunch in a park and bring my own lunch to a park, stuff like that. So, um, and then the second thing I would say is wait at least a full 48 hours before making a big purchase. So I, I even made this mistake one time and I had to learn from it. I saw this influencer with a ton of makeup products and I was like, oh, if they can if they can make her look so pretty, I'm just going to buy those too. And without thinking about it, I just bought it. And I think it was like over $100. And I never even used it a ton. And I just want to tell my friends that I see all the time doing it as well to – 
wait at least 24 hours because I wait now too. And then the 24 hours, 48 hours pass, I mean, and I'm just like, okay, I really don't need that. I, I don't, I don't really need that now I, that I can have perspective on it. And then the third thing I would say, would say is just get accountability. So my own accountability in college was my bank, my budget, and then my fiance, who is now my husband. So I would make sure I would put enough in my savings account and um, I could only withdraw so much from there before I got fined. And um, then I was just on a strictly monitored budget just because I wanted to enter um, adulthood with a really good amount built up. Um, so those are kind of the three little tips that I would give somebody to sacrifice now, wait a full 20, 48 hours before a big purchase, and then just getting accountability. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you were mentioning, um, you know, like having accountability even with your bank account. Um, I mean, I don't want to ask like what, like what are some, or, or like do you prefer a certain kind of bank? Do you prefer like a checking versus a savings? Like when it comes to bank terms, what so are I think that they're things? both. I think that they're both important, like a checking and savings account. So I would, when I say accountability, when I would put stuff in my savings account, I had um, a, the bank that I had would only allow me to take so much out of my savings account per month. So I would like intentionally put a lot in my savings, so I knew that I wouldn't be taking a ton out. So that was my accountability there. And then there's also a program that I know a lot of banks run, um, and I did this forever, and it was called uh, Keep the Change. And basically it was whenever you would buy something for like one Fifty or one seventy-five, it would round it up to the next dollar, and it would take the remaining amount of change and put it into your savings account. So I saved a ton of money like that because I would buy something for like one one eighty-five or whatever, yeah. uh, like a pack of gum, and then it would just round it to two dollars. And the other couple cents, they would just every purchase I made would put into my savings. So I know that program still runs um, even now, and it's it's great. Is that like an an app or is that? That no, that's just a program at a bank that most people, most banks have for um, young millennials oh, that wow. are just opening a bank account. Yeah, it's that's great. I, I want to sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, and, you know, with the with the younger generations, too, you know, because, like, with money so important, do you find that, like, maybe um, donating or charities, do you see, like, the younger generations getting um, donating as much as like maybe the older generations um, and if they're not donating do you think that they give do you think that they play a part in like charities other ways besides donating physical money yeah so I think yeah, that's a great question. So tithing to a church and donating to a charity, they're definitely different. So tithing I see as a command in the Bible, and I take that very seriously. But donating is something that is strongly encouraged in the Bible and in Scripture, but it's not a command. So I do believe, though, that if we're running our race and trying to resemble Jesus, that we're going to give out of love for those in need. Um, and I think donating is really all about finding a ministry or a charity that we're passionate about and where you can see your money actually going and becoming fruitful. Um, and I do think that social media makes it much easier to give to charity and people should take advantage of that. But I think that it's so clogged right now with everybody trying to ask for money that we have to be smart with, um, who we're, again, we have to be passionate about what we choose to give money to. We can't just, you know, give money to everybody that asks because it's so easy on social media. Everybody's mm -hmm. asking for it. So if you look up, like, any ministry, like hashtag ministry on Instagram, it's so clogged and polluted, and everybody is is kind of even putting up a front um, to get people to donate. So I think just finding a, a charity um, that is 
really doing things with the donations that are coming in, and there's so many of them. Um, and I know that we, I give to um, one prison fellowship ministry, and I think it's like the best ministry ever. Um, and I really enjoy giving there because they show with social media posts exactly where your money is going, which I think is really encouraging. But yeah, social media should definitely make it easier to do that. Um, but you just have to kind of look and find the one that you really love. Yeah, and then when you were younger, uh, like, you know, because you were so young when, when you said, like, you know, you've been saved, um, when did you start feeling the need to give back? Like, when did that kind of kick in? So it's really funny, actually. So I was kind of – I got saved, and I didn't really know anything about tithing because I didn't grow up in the church at all. And so my husband, on the other hand, he grew up, like, since he was little, if he would get, like, a dollar for, for his allowance each week, he would have to tithe on that dollar. So I had no idea what tithing was. And so um, when I was when I first got saved, I would put a little bit of money away and try to buy people Bibles each month. So each month I would just buy one person a Bible or two people a Bible. And that to me was what I considered giving back. And I didn't really know what tithing was. I just, you know, was buying people Bibles. But yeah. then when I met Ronnie, who was my, um, who was my husband, he said, we have to tithe. And I was like, well, we don't really even see where the money's going. We shouldn't be doing that. And so at the moment when he was, when we were kind of in that discussion, um, we were church hopping and we went to the church where we're members. Now we went to their first service and we were sitting there and what did they preach about? They preached about tithing and they did it so well. And so, um, just polished that it convinced me and it was just in the midst of that discussion we had been back and forth on it for weeks because I was like ah, I really don't see where it's going when I give to the church whatever so um he just did it so well our pastor his name is Pastor Kirk and he just did it so well that I just finally understood and now we're very um we're very passionate about it now but I always knew that I wanted to give back I just didn't know how so I would you know put a little bit of money away to, to buy people Bibles at first but honestly the the essence of that really just came out of being thankful that I was saved even though I didn't deserve it so you know God saving me when I was 16 I was so lost and so in the world that it made no sense that he opened my eyes like it made no sense so I wanted other people to feel that too and if you know I had to take a few dollars out of my bank account to buy them a bible for them to get that revelation then it was worth it to me wow that's, a, that's such a nice thing that's amazing yeah. um and then did you, did you meet your husband in college? Is that when you guys met? No. So we actually met online, which we used to be really nervous to tell people that. But now <laughs> that we're married, we're like, it's fine. We're married. Yeah. We're a success story. So we met the millennial way. We met on the the computer. But we met each other, and um, he quoted some Bible verses, and then I was I was sold. <laughs> That's so cute. And it's Johnny and Ronnie. Have yeah, we are in line. It. It's pretty pathetic. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, are there any other tools, um, apps or websites that you would recommend to other people that help you like manage your finances? Yeah, that's a great question. So we use Excel or numbers to just keep our budget intact. But one other app that I love to use is called Mint. So it's free, and I've been using it probably since high school. And it will actually let you set money aside for things like gas or groceries or even just fun stuff. And if you begin to go over the money that you set aside, it warns you, like, via text. So that's been a really good accountability um, partner that I've had for sure. Mm -hmm. 
And just spell like M-I-N-T? Yeah, Mint, yep. Great. Okay. Um, so, you know, we kind of already did, I did already kind of ask you like just some of, uh, you know, your tips. Um, is there anything else like maybe when it comes to investing or large purchases that you would uh, maybe have like another piece of advice on? Yeah, so I think that being successful and making a lot of money and being a Christian at the same time, it doesn't have to um, be a bad thing. So a lot of people or a lot of Christians will think like being successful and making a lot of money and being a Christian, it's not it's not a comfortable thing to them. And so I, I do want to get across that money is actually not evil at all until it becomes an idol. So big purchases isn't bad. And um, I think my biggest piece of advice is just work hard and save as much as possible and grind and build a beautiful beautiful future for your family and at the same time keep Christ at the center of it. Um, and I think now after years of saving, which it, it wasn't even a ton, I'm only 23, and I've saved so much, and my husband has too, that now we're able to bask in, you know, the reward of that. We've been able to go on a ton of trips. I work from home, so we go and do cruises, or we'll go to the Dominican Republic, or we'll do all of this fun stuff, and we don't have to think twice on, you know, if I want to purchase something or buy new clothes for the fall. I don't have to think about it because yeah. we have such a strict budget and we understand that, one, money isn't everything, and how we keep money not everything is by still giving back to the church and donating as well. Um, just because if I wasn't disciplined on doing that, I would not be controlling my money. My money would be controlling me, um, and we can't serve two masters. So just keeping our intentions pure um, and then saving and um, I think even just saying um, the tiny little choices that you make each day matters. So like the little chips that you buy at a vending machine or the coffee that you buy every day or the cute shirt that people just spontaneously get, it all adds up. So I think sacrificing now so you can enjoy those big purchases later or not be able to think about like buying some clothes for the fall and stuff like that, um, you're able to really do that if you if you are smart in the present moment. Yeah, definitely. Do you have like a golden rule when it comes to saving like 10% from your paycheck or anything like that? Okay, that's a question for my husband because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, but I just know that we have a set amount every single, so we have an emergency savings account, so anytime that we'll, we'll put a couple hundred dollars in there each month, so whenever we have car repairs, we don't have to take it from our actual savings account, we just take it from our um, emergency savings account. We also have this thing called HSA, so that's like something that anybody could set up once they graduate from college, and it's how you pay like your deductibles and your medical bills. So they take automatically a, um, a tax-free amount out of your um, paycheck each month, mm -hmm. and it goes towards your HSA. So now whenever I go to the, um, the doctors and I have, like, this, this copay, I don't have to worry about it coming out of my checking or our savings account. It's just out of our HSA account. The money is already set aside. So we have little things like that, like we do, um, but we have spending money each month, and sometimes we don't even spend all of it, so we're able to um, – to put it away, but I will tell you this, we have um, me getting my pedicure and manicure on our budget every month, so <laughs> I, it's not like I'm suffering at all, we really yeah. do enjoy ourselves. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you answered, like, two questions in one sometimes. Um, you know, are there, oh, you mentioned you actually knew about the war cry already? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, um, I did something called summer ministry. 
And it was through Eastern Nazarene College, so that's where I went to college. And it was basically me and um, four other people, and we formed a worship band. And uh, we train and stuff like that for a month. And then we go out for three months, and we travel the Northeast. So we actually went to a Salvation Army camp. I think it's here in Massachusetts, actually. And we were there for about two weeks. And oh, so we wow. did worship there. We led worship and we led activities, and it was a blast. Um, but I didn't know you guys existed until about three years ago when I did that. But it was it was awesome. It was a wonderful experience. That was Johnny Parsons. Michelle, thank you so much for finding her. Yeah, um, I know. I know you just did the little bit of a Google search. <laughs> yeah, but she responded so. That's I, the great part of it. I really like several different things. I mean, we could spend a lot of time dissecting uh, different components of what she said. I, I, I like the practical step, just start a savings account. Uh, basically, she's encouraging people to stop impulse buying. Think about a purchase before you, you go ahead with it. Um, and that whole thing of accountability, you know, just making sure that you know you're not you're not going crazy with your spending and that that you know you're bringing bringing that all together um those those kind of things resonated with me anything else in her interview that just really kind of stuck out for you my favorite thing was the um round up the change program that she said most national banks have that one i just think is so smart um i know there's some apps that do that with like investing but i think like i'm going to talk to my bank and see if they do that so if you spend $1.75 on like a soda, that additional 25 cents, like your charge will actually be rounded up to $2 and that 25 cents will go into a savings account. And that builds up really fast. So that was my favorite part of it just because I learned something and I took notes down from that. We have an article on the webpage, thewarcry.org, that talks a little bit about some other apps that people are using when it comes to money. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about those? Yep. We did five apps to help manage your finances. I'm not going to give them away because you're going to have to go read them online. Thewarcry.org. Real simple. Real simple. You want that information? you got to go. And you got to go to you the gotta website. you got to dig a little bit. Well, that's uh, I, I just really appreciate the, the direction that you're, you're going with uh, some of this just real life stuff. And I think it's important for us to, to continue to help people um, become educated, to help people become more disciplined in their life, especially when it comes to finances. <laughs> so Michelle, she in the interview talks about this Mint app. And that's a, like a, an app you have to pay for. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's like a subscription or like you have to like pay for certain um, features on the app. Um, but for like starting out, like if for someone just starting out, it's really good. It's really easy to use. So if you don't mind spending that money, then, you know, it's an investment. But there's a lot of apps out there that are you're, you're able to save or or maybe earn money. Yeah. And, and you, you listed a, or there's a few of them listed at the warcry.org. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to tell you the names of the apps because I want you to go to the website and check it out for yourself. But we do have a couple that, um, you know, you get cash back on certain things or it, this one app helps you invest your money. Another one pays you to post on Instagram and anyone can sign up for it. So go to thewarcry.org to check out five apps that help you earn and save some money. Well, we want to thank you all for taking a little bit of time today uh, and listening 
on to on some of these uh, practical things that we're talking about. Money, 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 money. Thank you, Michelle, for your your good work on this. Give our listeners a little hint. What's coming down? You you have a whole bunch of interviews that you've already done. What are yeah. some of the other subjects you're looking forward in the future? Here? Oh my gosh. Okay, so we're talking about. Um, working with your your partner so you guys have uh, someone has a family together but they also have a business together um oh my gosh we got one coming up about friendship we have one coming up about dating it's kind of all over the place nice. <laughs> that's great well just keep coming back to fight for good we're, we're we're loaded with all kinds of different things that we're going to explore and gosh the new year is almost here we're, we're working our way through the Thanksgiving season, the Christmas season, and then the new year will be upon us. And we'll have some more direct topics coming to you from our center spread of the war cry. Uh, so we hope you're subscribed to our magazine. You can read it online. Uh, and I learned today, hidden somewhere hidden in our webpage, thewarcry.org, you can just download the whole magazine. You can read it on your phone or on your tablet your iPad, whatever. Is that right, Elizabeth? That's exactly correct. It's called the Warcry Treasury. It's located at the very bottom of the page. Um, but if you click there, it's like an archive of all the magazines from this year and I think up to 2016, they go back. Good. So check them all out. See, I, I learn stuff from you kids every day. We're when young, I come we're hip, work. we know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's going to end this episode for the Fight for Good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. I happen to listen to iTunes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I get That's where that. I listen to. And we have, uh, if you don't know how to do that, we if you go to our website, thewarcry.org, uh, Elizabeth has laid out a whole nice little thing there of, of helping you uh, learn how to download. We want you to also uh, give us a like, not just like a one star. If you don't, if you want to just give us a one star on iTunes, don't bother, mm-hmm. but give us some five, five stars, you know, or or, right, pretty yeah, much that's I, how it works. A five star rating would could, be nice. You could even write a review, say why you love the Fight for Good podcast. Yeah. Well, we're trying to do different things. Mm-hmm. We're going to be growing, and we'll look back a year from now and look at all these different podcasts and go, "Well, that was, you know, that was a good try." <laughs> but we'll kind of keep keep at it. Also, don't forget to follow us on on uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Don't forget our peer magazine, peermag.org as well, because they're dealing with a lot of real life issues. Um, and I think you'll find that interesting, especially if you're our, from our, our younger uh, listeners. Well, until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. I'm Michelle Katsaris. And I'm Elizabeth. You have a super fantastic day. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.